0: Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to connect you with people and resources to remind you that you're not alone. In this episode, number 228, I've invited Andy Andrew, the author of the new book, Fake or Follower, and She is Free, into my home. I mean, we got creamer out of my fridge and drank coffee out of my mugs, and it was a fun chat. You'll hear the difference of us being face-to-face versus the online interwebs. We hit on a lot of topics, but the main one is how to be reconciled reconcilers. Here's a little bit from Andy. I
1: think a lot of times with reconciliation and with some of these friendships that have been reconciled, what I've had to do, always deal with your own heart first. So then when you do come to the table, you're not still throwing your own stuff at people. (laughs) But then you can walk them through like, here's what I realized about myself Mm -hmm. and I just want to apologize for that. Is there anything you wanted to say? Mm -hmm. Is there anything we need to reconcile? Anything we need to talk about? So yeah, I think that's important.
0: Maybe it's a new concept to you to consider the fact that because Jesus made us right with God and we've been reconciled to God, we are given the ministry of making things right with other people. And in this holiday season where we're bumping into a lot of friends and family that might bring stress, I'm thankful that Andy is vulnerably sharing her process of walking through forgiveness with her mom and the process of reconciling with friends. And even sharing things like what it was like to have three kids under three and her postpartum depression, and then moving to a new city and having her fourth, dealing with some control issues, anyone with the control issues, because you need your environment to be under control. It's a fun conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. But first, I want to tell you about something that's really cool coming up in December. Maybe one of your goals in 2019 is to improve your relationship with God to spend more time with Him, to grow in your knowledge of God's Word, to pray more. Well, I'm offering you this great resource through our Not Alone community. You can check out more at DontMomAlone.com forward slash join. I've created this spiritual growth guide, taking podcast episodes and posts and resources from amazing people to help you do four things. Created a morning habit, thanks to my friend Kat Lee, who will be joining me on a live video chat in December. How to know what to study, my friend Katie Orr helping us out with that, how to study, again, Katie and a few other friends, and then how to pray. And I'm going to offer those resources through this spiritual growth guide available through the Not Alone community. You can go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash join, see the link there and get connected. You can also get access to last month, we focused in on shame and I created a growth guide and relating to that. And then Another month we did overwhelm. Another really cool part of the Not Alone community are these live mentor chats where you get to join in and ask questions, and then I save them and add them to an archive that you can watch at any time. I've had conversations with Kay Wyman. I'm going to share a little bit of that in next week's episode. Just a quick episode because it's December, y'all. I know we're all busy. And then another quick little clip from Sheila Walsh's conversation. And what's cool is on the Not Alone community the chat I had with my mentor Leslie Johnson answering your questions will be available in the library starting in December. So check all that out. Don't forward slash join if you want to get connected with that not alone community. All right, let's get to my chat with Andy. Here we go. Okay, Andy. Welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you for having me. It's good to be in your home with you. Oh,
1: I mean, refrigerator rights. I seriously already got in there a couple of times, was reading some labels. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Eat whatever you want.
0: It's yours. Well, thank you for coming and sharing with the gal who's listening. Would you introduce your family real quick? Yeah. Well, my name is Andy Andrew. I
1: live in New York City. Actually, I live in Brooklyn. I've got four beautiful kids. Uh, How old are they? they, Yes. I mean, that's really important. That's that's really important. We didn't know what your status is. Oh my gosh. Where are we at? (laughs) Um, I've got 13. My eldest son is 13. His name is Zeke. Uh, My second son is Jesse, and he is... And I had to think for a minute. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no. He's not 12. He's 11. He's 11. So there you go. I don't even remember, guys. So does that make everybody feel better? Yeah. Uh Um, And then my daughter, one and only daughter, Finley, is 10. And then my youngest is 6. And he's the only one that was born in America. So the rest were born in Australia. And my husband, Paul, has an Australian accent. He's a good man. Been married for 16 years. And so, yeah, we're in the middle of, like, doing high school tours for my eldest and middle school tours for my... A daughter and it's like insanity in New York right now for um, juggling all of that.
0: And y'all lead a church. We do. Yeah. And did we, you start at the church?
1: Uh, yes, we did. So eight years ago, we moved from Sydney, which I had been living there for 10 years, had my first three kids there. And we moved to plant the church in New York eight years ago. And now we've got four beautiful communities in the city and three outside of the city. So yeah, it's a big
0: deal. Yeah. I mean, there are moms listening that are pastor's wives or yeah. church planters yeah. and you're not yeah. just the past you also are one of the pastors
1: yes I am one of the you're pastors the teaching so pastor. yeah, yeah I'm one of the teaching pastors and my husband and I run together we raise up a lot of other teaching pastors too but male female we've got we've got it all really powerful people that we love running with and um it's crazy it's messy I have bags
0: under my eyes and <laughs> you know but but there you go <laughs> and did you think I mean was this something when you were younger that you were like one day I'm going to plan in church? No, gosh, husband.
1: no, not at all. I mean, I've been following Jesus for th- for 20 years. I almost gave myself an extra 10 there <laughs> I've been for 30, kidding, um, for 20 years. And uh, when I started following Jesus, I kind of just fell in love and went, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. So there wasn't necessarily like a plan or I have aspirations for this. I just
0: kind of week in, week out, I've been figuring that out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, we are thankful you're here. Tell us a little bit about that journey to get to Jesus or Mm -hmm. your story, because I know others can resonate with that part. Like what, led you to fall in love yeah. with Jesus. Yeah, well, this may be a
1: strange plot twist for some people to hear um, because there's a lot to break down in it, but I necessarily won't go into all the details. But I grew up in quite a controlling environment, so a controlling church environment. Um, you know, looking back now, we look at some of the different things and like I said, don't have all the time to go into the story of it, but it was really truly a cult. So um, what, what happened with my mom, what happened with my dad, and just having a bit of discernment and understanding from the time I was little, I just, with the leader of it, I was kind of like put off. I was like, I don't think you're safe. And so I just went and ruined my own life, you know, Mm. in a way wanted attention from men, was abused when I was younger by someone I should have been able to trust. But in this crazy plot twist, wanted the attention of all men and just really wanted real love. So then, um, looked for that and had a crazy story, slept around, like all of those sorts of things. And then at 19, after I was professionally cheerleading, how funny is that? (laughs) But teaching cheer camps and stuff like that what I was doing. I ended up moving back to where my parents were living and they had left and said, Hey, why don't you come with us to church tonight? And when I did, I was kind of blown away because when I ended up walking into the church, I don't know if you know any of the listeners remember these songs or if you were born yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, Delirious, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever, mm-hmm. that song was playing and I just started weeping because I walked into the presence of love for the first time and it was tangible and it was the love that I, been looking for and in that moment it was it was so healing and I was so aware that Jesus was real and that I actually wanted to to turn from my ways and give my life to him and so that was really 20 years ago 19 years old and everything kind of changed from that moment I was one of those ones where I just stopped the crazy I don't know how it worked but it was like 180 like my heart was just completely his and obviously a lot of
0: journey from there not perfect very imperfect well
1: and like trying yeah. to sort
0: out mm-hmm. that performance thing I'm sure Oh my gosh! In there, when you're a new believer, yeah, yeah, you know, so seeing, many things. Yeah, living yeah. full out for God, yeah, yeah, recognizing grace and yes. that whole journey so that we're still on. That we're all still on, yeah, yeah. sorting it out. Wow. Okay, so that part of your story, Mm -hmm. is that in She is Free? That part of the story,
1: a little bit of that part of the story is in She is Free. A lot of the stuff with my issues with my mom is in She is Free, because Mm -hmm. when you start to realize things about your childhood, and then you're like, I hate everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. so a lot of dealing with with those things is all in She is Free, and also
0: having three kids under the age of three. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, because a lot of my listeners either are new moms Mm -hmm. and just doing the newborn thing, or... Yeah.
1: For me, what ended up happening was, I mean, always wanted kids, always wanted um, three or four. So we just didn't expect to have three so close together. It was kind of <laughs> like, I, then I was like, you need to stop
0: touching me. Like, <laughs> seriously. No, one <no>, getting kidding. Because <laughs> you're getting the comments, like, you do know how this happens.
1: Oh gosh. All I hate so that way. You're walking through yeah. my two babies and then I'm massively pregnant. People are like, do you guys have a television? I was like, I will cut you. I will. I will hurt you. <laughs> so yes, I do know. <laughs> but, so anyway, um, three kids under the age of three. So had my daughter and it was in the middle of that. I had a bit of a breakdown Mm. and you know, the first child, the third, the third, third. it was almost like, you know, there's all the hormones I had, um, postpartum Mm -hmm. with two out of the three. Mm -hmm. And, You know, you don't know, and then you don't want to talk about it. And then my mom, who's a doula, was like, okay, this is actually what's happening. And so really for me, what ended up happening is there were so many trigger points after I had my daughter that I realized I am completely depressed. I'm not doing well. I'm screaming and yelling at my kids. I'm like a crazy person. And that was kind of like a shift for me where I started to realize, okay, I read the word of God, but I am not walking in the fullness of any of this. Like I am not free. I don't feel whole. I see that these are all my promises, but I can't. Just keep showing up at church and faking this, like in, Mm -hmm. you know, putting on my makeup and looking good with my 12 children on my hips and um, when my life is completely unraveling. So that was really the beginning of a journey. And in the middle of all that, actually, after I had my first child, my mom and I walked through a massive like forgiveness because what I realized when I was pregnant with my first is I was so mean to her for seven straight years, like making her pay for so many things, like a really cruel person. Mm -hmm. And when I was pregnant with my first, I just felt the Holy Spirit ask me, Hey, would you want your children to treat you the way you're treating your mother? And I was like, Oh Mm
0: -hmm.
1: no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I realized, okay, I need to actually deal with my heart. And I was like, I want to forgive her, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And so he walked me through a beautiful process there to show me how to do that. When she showed up, Um, right before my son was born, I just remember us sitting there together and I asked for her forgiveness, just weeping going. I didn't realize that, you know, like the woman caught in the very act of adultery. I was the one that threw her at the feet of Jesus and was like stone her. And he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, Mm -hmm. Pharisee. Why don't you get down on your knees and ask for forgiveness too? I was like, Mm -hmm. crap, (laughs) you know? So, so I think that's the interesting thing about having children or just walking through tight seasons or seasons where it feels like it's all falling apart there's such opportunities to
0: walk in wholeness
1: and healing but um so yeah a lot of that is to well, think
0: yeah bringing that up as we're heading into the holidays oh my gosh, and yeah. all that gets brought to the surface mm-hmm. where you might have been able to separate yourself from a mom or a dad or a sibling <laughs> or an uncle that yeah brings a lot of stress mm-hmm. for you that yeah that forgiveness, that wholeness, yeah. that reconciliation is possible. It is possible. It brings such hope. So you said God walked me through yeah. that forgiveness journey. Yeah. Is there like a little bit you could give someone listening mm-hmm. to kind of walk them through? Or yeah, I mean, I, it, sometimes it's personal. For yeah. me, it's like it was like well, a personal that healing.
1: But but, but even that's important yeah. to note is I, I think that's part of it. Part of the process is that we're, we're complex. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing is even as you pastor people, I was talking with another pastor friend and we were cracking up. I was like, you know, the hardest thing about leading people is everyone has a free will. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't control people. You know, I don't want to lead a controlling church. Like I, mm-hmm. I want to let people make their own choices. And then you start to realize every single human being is so complex. Like they all have mm-hmm. different backgrounds. There's no streamlined and clean, like you know, here, do A, B, and C, but at the same time, um, forgiveness is always in the mix, Repentance is always in the mix. Confession. Confession is always in the mix. And working towards reconciliation. Yes, like reciprocated reconciliation is actually when it changes things. But you can reconcile things in your own heart with God and even with that person so that when you see them, you don't have that anxiety run through your body. Like, you know what I mean? You feel
0: the adrenaline. It's like they lose. For me, it was. Have you heard soul ties? Oh, yes. 100%. I never know like where people are. No. I mean,
1: we do prayer ministry in our church. So we help people. Walk through that okay. yeah, totally with you. So for yeah. me, like mm-hmm.
0: being, I had grown up in a church where that mm-hmm. was like not a concept uh-huh. that was brought up, but yeah. a soul tie where someone's yeah. voice and mm-hmm. labeling of you it's and like, identity over mm-hmm. you is louder than God's. Mm-hmm. And so me being healed of that outside of that yeah. person ever knowing yeah. is what you're talking about. Like I'm being reconciled to God yes. and recognize, I confess that I've let that voice be mm-hmm. louder and you can supernaturally yeah sever yes. the power that person has. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're severing that person mm-hmm. from my life. No, but the power
1: that they have. Yes. And washed clean in the blood of Jesus, I give back to them what is theirs. I receive back what is
0: mine. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually really powerful. Your mind actually gets clearer. It, it's crazy, isn't the it? The moment for me in a time of prayer, Holy Spirit only, mm-hmm. <laughs> capable to do this, I felt a completely different emotion towards the person yes. who wasn't even there. But yes. in my mind, I felt an extreme compassion yeah. to where I was weeping yeah. because I saw and so their brokenness, pain in their brokenness yes.
1: and why they respond like they respond yes. and why they act like they act. And I yes. guess you all know if you're listening, you're just going, you know the mess of that relationship, yes. right? Yes. So before God, you just have to get there and go, I don't know how to forgive. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to reconcile this. I don't know what to do. And, that was the interesting thing for me is God gave me the story of the woman caught in the very act of adultery and showed me that I was the Pharisee. That was what brought me to my knees. I needed right. to be confronted in my pharisaical ways to be able to repent
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then ask for forgiveness and then ask for forgiveness from my mom because I had already forgiven her. You know, mm-hmm. so I had like to Like you for worked out with God, but you yeah.
0: needed to have that.
1: Yeah. Face and, face. and you know, what's interesting is we lived in close quarters. Then when we moved to New York, they moved with us for the first eight years. They've just moved back to the West Coast. But we they lived upstairs in an apartment, we lived downstairs. So literally the thing is is it's almost like we want that forgiveness to happen, but then, please God, don't put them in my world again where, I'm, <laughs> where they bother me? Um, and what I realized is the opportunity to see, have I forgiven them? Do I need to forgive them again? You know that's where the work of reconciliation is done and the constant bumping into each other and bumping into other people. It's messy, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the idea. It allows the issues of our own hearts to come up so we can deal so. with them.
0: So true. Yeah. Yeah. So true. <laughs> we could talk. Yeah. We're on the date uh, about this. Good. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think God is always prepping us. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't know what's in our future yeah. that's mm-hmm. going to mesh our lives with that person that brings yeah. us a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And so his <laughs> kindness and yeah. gentleness is to heal it. Yeah. Yeah. And bring it to the surface, even though it's painful, even though it's totally. not fun. hmm but, but to press into that.
1: But that's how we become more like him. Yeah. And I think it's like we're looking for another way. You're like, mm-hmm. no, can't I? And that's where the performer comes in, too. It's like, no, if I look <laughs> the part, he's like, ooh, I'm not a performer. So. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we got to no, do gonna... the real work. Yeah, the real work.
0: The real soul places. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, yes, it is a mom podcast. But I think that motherhood, <laughs> like for you, mm-hmm. when you were pregnant, it brought oh. it to the surface. You can kind of keep faking it.
1: Yeah. You can keep things at
0: bay for a while. Yes. And then there's always something that keeps pushing yeah, that out of And we're like, shh, shh, shh.
1: No, 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 no.
0: And so even with, by yeah. this, for me, it was when I got to the fourth. That was when. Oh, gosh. was <laughs> yes. Some is the third. Some it's the first. Some it's the second mm-hmm. for me. And some is the seventh. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was the fourth. And it was uh, even coming home from church. It was like, I can't fake it anymore. No. I can't keep this face on for no. everyone. Complete breakdown mm-hmm. in the line at Bubba's. Come on. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> going to a counselor and getting healing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: it happens for you. Was three, so you yeah. get to this point, and God's leading you mm-hmm. to what? What was your process? If someone's right there right now, they're feeling the stress of the holidays. They're feeling mm. the stress of multiple children, or the one, mm-hmm. you know their one child. Yes, yeah. overwhelming them. What was the breaking point like for me? What Anything. was the like the fixing? What got you for from- me? I laugh that you say. So I feel like
1: the first caused me to reconcile and have forgiveness. Three under three caused me to deal with my huge mess of myself, which was like, a lot of uh, upbringing okay. stuff, like mental health, like emotional health. Having a fourth, moving to New York City, living in small, close quarters. When I had my fourth, that's when I realized I couldn't control things anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. And, so um, you came from this controlling background. Yes. So the lie so, was... Well, the lie was, if I can control my world, I'm safe.
1: Mm. Because then no one will control me.
0: <laughs> oh, so to combat... Oh, Yeah to combat control, I use control.
1: Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Isn't the
0: enemy. Oh, I mean, and and always so crafty. Yeah. And
1: And so for me, what it was is I had to have a perfectly clean house. The pillows Mm -hmm. had like my poor children. I mean, I had moments of breakdowns with my kids and I just couldn't get past it where they play with their toys and I'd be mad at them Mm -hmm. because I'm like, you're messing up my house. And they're like, but we're children, (laughs) you know? So with my fourth Having him, what ended up happening was I got shingles right after I had him. I had to wean him at three months and sobbed thinking I was the worst parent in the world because I had to go on medication. Like this whole process. Mm -hmm. And then it was Christmas time. Mm -hmm. I'm "I'm not even present for the joy of what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And I had to let my life unravel. That was like one of my great unravelings was just going Okay. Let it be. Let the house be a mess. Let paper be everywhere. You don't have to cook mm-hmm. anything. Ask for help. Like, okay. Yeah. That, all of that. That, like,
0: it just dealt with my pride. I had so yes, much pride. That like, was my, yes. Yeah. And that don't mom alone for me was that I've tried in that season of yeah. four to isolate because uh, I don't want people oh, yeah. to see my mess. Please Maybe I'll this. let it unravel. But not for you to see. Don't look. Like, oh, <laughs> please! gosh, you showed up at my house. Why are you
1: here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was that it's that sort of... And I would literally have trauma if someone rang the doorbell and we were having, like, community group, like, discipleship. Well, and their here house. here you were, like, planning a church. Planning a church. of people showing up ten minutes early And I was like, <gasps> I'm going to kill somebody. Like, you know, because they're showing up at the house and the mm-hmm. pillows aren't straight and the children aren't in the room. And I'm like, I haven't bathed everyone. Mm-hmm. Everything, like, as if mm-hmm. anyone cares. Mm-hmm. But I needed to control everything. And so I've gotten better and better at that. I would say there's still moments. Here's what I know is when that starts to arise in me or when I start to get angry or when I start to want to control my environment, um, I realize I need to deal with something in my heart. I think I'm hurt about something, mm-hmm. I'm tired, I'm lonely, I want to isolate, I'm angry, so i got to look at my heart when I want to start to control everything and go, God, what it's do you need co- to heal in co- it's me? It's a coping mechanism. It's like a alcohol total, for
0: some or yeah. drugs, it's like another. And look,
1: and I enjoy a, a tidy, beautiful house. I do. Right. But I can do that without control.
0: I can do that. Does that make sense? There's a, It's the there's heart a towards it. You think the physical... Mm-hmm. Movement of keeping an orderly house mm-hmm. is different from... Being yelling at everyone all the time. The motivator <laughs> of, I have to have it. My children have the messiest houses because they're going to be like, we're going to, like... So, yeah, gonna, that's why you go into <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is clean for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I grew up in a house that was perfect See? because I literally don't care. Yeah. Because... I, I, don't, I don't have not have. But this, this is what to, I, I realized, so I have
1: to, like, just allow that. Because I'm like, I don't want my kids in therapy for the house stuff when they're, they're like. Oh, no, they'll have plenty of other stuff, right? Yeah, like my kids are going to uh, have plenty of my other My kids stuff. have plenty.
0: <laughs> but they I mean, I'm seeing, like, a church plant yeah. stress. Full. Yes. Four kids. Yes. Stressful. Mm-hmm. A major international move. Stressful. Yeah. Like, no one would fault the meltdown. You know what? Thank you. I needed someone to tell me that. No, that's that. why I went to <laughs> counseling. When I went to counseling, she was like, okay, so your husband works and only sleeps two hours a night. Yeah. You have four oh young gosh. children. <laughs> and she was like, they'll want Of course you feel that way. I just needed someone to say. Yeah. Of
1: course you feel you know that what? way. I, that actually was probably all I needed. In that season, I went, it's okay. You know, and I just didn't have that. Yes. Because you're getting to know people, too. So you're trying to put your best face like, Are you going to be my friend or are you going to, like, I don't know, are you going to stay or
0: are you going to reject me? Are you going to be a part of this church forever? Are you going to, you know, I don't know. Like, you know. Is there a pressure to not be fake, too, because you're representing your church? Like, the message of your church? I feel like a huge part of... Uh, I'm very
1: real in a sense of those breakdowns, usually after I walk through it and got some, I would just go talk about it because I'm like, look, y'all, here's what just happened. You were honest about the breakdown, So honest about that, honest about the journey. But I think for me, that honesty has made people feel like she's my best friend. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So automatically people feel a lot closer to me than maybe they really are. And Mm -hmm. so then I feel pressure that would be something that I have, I have had to work through friendship, female friendship. I mean, even in the last three years, like, and, and I've talked about this too. I went through a series of literally six different women that were very close to me. I opened up, let my mm-hmm. heart, you know, break down, complete breakdown of relationship, like some betrayal, some, you know, like, and I've reconciled literally almost all of them, not to the point of we're best friends, but we sat down, had a conversation, made amends. Um, some of them I'm close to again. Mm. Um, others, you know, we love each other, but I don't know that there'll be a friendship like that again. So even me realizing, oh my gosh, like, and I don't ever want to give up on that because I need female women, powerful women in my life that don't just live outside of the city because that's another thing I see too, and can I just say this? I see a lot of female pastors and leaders, like my BFF. I was like, yeah, they don't live up in your business though. They're not like
0: they're both doing their own thing. They're doing their and own they thing. They live in there.
1: They connect in ministry. And that's
0: important too. You yeah. do need that. So I'm and, not in their platform. That. They connect that they both have a platform, a platform or and whatever, so and that's a gr-
1: that's that, great. It actually is. But also for me, I'm like. But are you isolating yourself? Who really knows you? Mm-hmm. Who really knows your mess? And so
0: I've had to who's work. who's calling you out? Like who, who literally. Yes. Is Shauna Nequist? Yeah. Who was in our small group? Yeah. And they were like, we don't care who you are. That, that's that's what I have, like, that's that's New York City. Group. They're like, we don't care
1: who you and are. And that's my city. That's my church. Because my church, in a way, they love me. But we have these beautiful, like, smaller communities. They don't care. They don't care about any. Like, they don't Minnesota. care if you're writing books that you're they flying to Dallas to be on
0: my podcast. I'm they don't care. <laughs> and for me, that's really important. No, it's it's huge. Re- and yeah. <laughs> I want to get to the reconciling female relationships because I get those questions. Oh, thats. us Hold on yeah. one second. So I get questions and emails about this. Okay. When, especially since I'm calling women to maybe start a podcast club or be in community. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I even see it in our little community. Yeah relationships mm-hmm. that because of brokenness in yes. each individual's heart, yes, they misinterpret actions. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, people are complex and they have free will. And so each person's coming to the table with their own yeah. story, mm-hmm. heritage, yeah. origin, yeah. lies. You do this thing. It resonates with the lie. i oh believing. Gosh. Yeah. And my thing was the voice inside your head is not my voice. Like what you're yes. hearing is not what I'm saying. That is so good. Right. Yeah. yeah. But How do we make it right? Because if we are true followers of Jesus, Mm -hmm. we are called, what did you say? We're reconciled. reconciled, reconciled. So, because
1: we're reconciled to God and therefore we need to keep reconciling things on earth. But again. And maybe we should define the word. Yeah. Well, to reconcile, if you think about what Jesus did. So like in the sense of the gospel, his death and resurrection on the cross reconciled us back into relationship. Um, with May, God. with God, so with we were God. separated because of sin. Yeah, and He brought us, and so the way back things back to the way that they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so in a relationship, so whether that's with me with my husband or me with a friend there are things that God wants to reconcile in our own hearts, but he does that through relationship. He mm-hmm. does that through like, you know, bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. And so I think a huge thing that I've realized, and that was so interesting what you said about the, the voice inside of your head is not the voice inside of my head. But I would even say that the biggest thing I've realized is unspoken expectations.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What mm-hmm. I have realized in a lot of friendships is is you walk in with an unspoken expectation of what that person is going to be to you, and they don't even know it. And so yes, we set 000%. each other up to fail yeah. and I'm like, and if we can get better, not like we're like super intense. Okay. Let's talk about our unspoken <laughs> expectations. This is how I see you as Frank. So that can be scary too. If someone's like, you're going to be my best friend. You're like, what does best friend mean to you though? Like, like what does that
0: define that for me? Define like, that for me. Am I me. calling you every day?
1: Am I, because I was not all the, your kids stuff? Like, yeah. What is Cause your- I was not the girl in school that needed one BFF. I just never have been that person. And so then when people have said that to me, here's what has happened with a few relationships for me in the reconciling things. Someone was like you know you're my best friend and I'm like oh god you're I'm not yours like you're not mine like <laughs> you know what I mean like it's
0: not it's not a mutual
1: it's not mutual yet. and yeah. so I think it's that's where the the mess can come in and so it's actually having quicker conversations having uncomfortable conversations having real conversations which none of us want to do because none of us want to hurt each other mm-hmm. so
0: then it gets weirder
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and are these face-to-face these aren't text messages god, oh god
1: no Texts are so, like, they scare me because I'm like, what's your
0: tone? Do you hate me? Do you love me? Like, are you overloving me? I don't really know. Yeah. yeah. And the people we really care about mm-hmm. are the ones we're going to want to make yeah. it right. There was a situation with a group of my friends, and I had the whole fear of missing out situation. Yeah. And I reached out to them. And then when I the first time I saw them face to face, yeah, I just said, I'm so sorry. I was not. I was bringing my junk yeah. to that situation. Uh, see? Please forgive me. And I want to believe the best about you. Yeah. I don't want to believe that you don't love me, you don't care about me. You don't me, that want me there. Put yeah. the little the thing that yeah. only God can do for me yeah. on you. Yeah. 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 You can't be
1: God for me. Exactly. Yeah, And that's, that is it. Like the unspoken expectations. But I love that. I think a lot of times with reconciliation and with some of these friendships that have been reconciled, what I've had to do, always deal with your own heart first. So then when you yeah. do come to the table, you're not still throwing your own stuff at people. <laughs> but then you can walk them through like, here's what I realized about myself. Mm-hmm. And I just want to apologize for that. Is there anything you wanted to say? Mm-hmm. Is there anything we need to reconcile?
0: Anything we need to talk about? So, yeah, I think that's important. Do you feel like, with all of the phone and the social media, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that relationships are severing Mm -hmm. quicker? It's like um, a quicker break. Yeah. And... Um, more division happening, like in your oh, church. Yeah, are you totally. seeing? Oh yeah, I, I think, a more divisive. I think
1: that's what is so hard right now is because, I mean, I've talked about this before, but it's like a phone is just a means, like cash is, like money mm-hmm. is. Like mm-hmm. I don't worship money; like it's a means mm-hmm. to an end. Like you, mm-hmm. you give it, you buy things with it, you save. It's it. not the evil. It's, it's not the, the evil. It's yeah, the love. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I feel like that with phones as well. As I was like, you know, it just doesn't have to have so much power over my life. But I think what is happening, you're right, is because we. We spout, we don't think, we, you know, all of those different things, Um, but it can be used for a medium, for so much good as well, Mm. to be helpful. Like, I had a friend call me this week who's just really struggling with a lot of things that are going on in the church, and they're they're church planters, and she's just really, you know, angry, and she wants to post. And I was like, look, just do what's helpful. Mm. I said because you may have some hard truth to say, but will it help or, or will mm. it hurt? Because mm. there's a lot of hurting people already, so let's help. But I do believe that yes, I think it's severing relationships. I think there's a lot of more misunderstanding. I think we don't get heart or intent or tone behind a lot of things, and so therefore, I love that you talk about getting in community because I think I am the biggest advocate for that. I mean, that's another thing I talk about in my yeah. new book is, yeah. is, is how deeply church, important. Yeah the church and community and people that can confront you and call you out on your crap and be like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. but we're really in a place where we're showing ourselves to people, even though we're scared to you. And I think that's the thing too, is we all want is a buzzword. We want it. But then to really do it, it's,
0: uh, it's not neat and tidy. And I think that and it, it's putting yourself out there. It's it, Yeah. And it's exactly what happened to you with mm-hmm. the six relationship you're talking about yeah. that keeps us from trying again. Yes. Well, why would I do that and hurt myself? So I'm going to protect and build up this ball. And yeah and Save that is what in. we do yeah. and then uh, honestly for, for the listeners that do have kids too it's like oh, I'm so busy I
1: have kids I can just hide behind this mm-hmm. as well and I can easily do that I'm like mm-hmm. I've got so many things to do I don't need to see anyone I don't mm-hmm. need any friends um
0: <laughs>
1: mm, it's too hard to get all our kids together and honestly it is harder so that's not even not that it's not true it just intentionality matters so much more and you don't need a ton of friends we don't need a ton of friends that's the whole jesus, point jesus what his core three i mean for real what a great model thank you jesus for like showing, showing us actually you offended your other friends yeah, yeah, by yeah. you know being so close to those three it was offensive to the mm-hmm. rest of the disciples who really mattered to you and you knew they would changed the world but like thank you for showing us that there may even be offense in friendship that you have to do Deal with or just go, I'm differentiating and I'm gonna let you deal with your heart because yeah. that's not mine, I'm not gonna pick that up that's for
0: you. Not that's not mine, yeah. Let's talk about the church a little bit. And that I like that you brought up the purpose, mm-hmm. and sometimes we get confused that it's just to meet our needs, yeah, yeah. And so we leave, we do the church hopping thing, yeah, or there's the lie that, well. I am the church. I am the body. I don't need to be a part of it. I can be yeah. church unto myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and especially in the young years with little mm-hmm. kids, again, it can be an excuse of you know we have nap times mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. You know, yeah, the nap time thing or the oh yeah, it's there, there's too a hard million reasons to, to not, not get go. there. Yes. So, what encouragement can you give her and strengthen her and? Yeah. Humbered her to like that that's such a valuable piece. Yeah. Well, I think honestly, in the end, that's what saved my life.
1: In the middle of a breakdown, in the middle of a hard time, like keep showing up. Mm. really, really mattered. I was talking to a friend that we were talking about the difference between um, vision and conviction. So you can have a vision for your life. You can have a vision to go to church and like, you can have a vision to be in community. You can write, make a vision board, but if it's not a conviction for you, you're probably not going to do it. Mm. If it's not a conviction for you that the word of God is like the living word, like Mm. the word made of flesh was Jesus Christ. So the word matters as much as the Holy spirit, as much as like all of the different things that we're, we're called to do. You're probably not going to read it. You're probably going to ingest it. You're probably not going to. So I think when it comes to the church, we have to dig a little bit deeper because I think what we have done in the Western world is we have made the church like checkbox. Like we go on a Sunday, but I'm get like. Get entertained. You talk get about the entertaining. Yep. dang. Mm-hmm. Like come. Like, yeah. A woman called me cute and entertaining. I was like, I nearly died. Do not call me that The most offensive <laughs>
0: thing you could say to
1: me. <laughs> is, you just call me entertaining? What? I'm not here to entertain you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> did you not feel that
0: <laughs> conviction? <laughs> yeah.
1: and let oh, And that for me is realizing that. The church is; it is a body. It is we. It's become so individualistic. It's come become so therapeutic. It's become so um, self centered mm. that we come for ourselves and we forget that we're a body and we're for each other and that we grow together. And that when you read most of the Bible, most of the letters written were written to a body, not an individual. A few of the letters that Paul wrote, he wrote to individuals. When you look but at, but they the, were leading bodies. But they were leading bodies. So yeah. therefore, it was instruction for the body. We, not I. Mm-hmm. And I think even when you look at the people, um, the Israelites, it's like, it, mm-hmm. you it re- Jeremiah yeah. 29, 11 is so misquoted all the time. <laughs> I know the plans
0: I have for you. kills me. Yes. I'm like, you is actually uh, oh, they the whole group and they were in the middle of a horrible they season were in of exile of the worst and he's talking about hey
1: live your lives flourish in the middle yes. of the worst season of your life yes because i know the big plan the gospel plan like you get, yes so when it comes to the church we've got to realize that that we are a body and if you're isolating yourself i'm the church on my own and i'm like well then you're a severed toe and that like is dead so there you mm-hmm. go you we need each other
0: there's the eight yeah. come on <laughs> Oh, people, the Enneagram 8, that's what I was there. There's the 8. There's the 8. eight. There's the eight. Um, y'all got to read the book, bro, that's you. Don't send me an email that you don't like the Enneagram. I'm not going to read that. So uh, funny. Okay, so then the other thing I want to talk about, because, I mean, our time is almost up, and I, I think it's so important that women I interact with through this show, love it gets so skewed. In their experience. And you had talked about mm-hmm. a little bit of how, because of abuse, mm-hmm. you pursued relationships mm-hmm. and false sources of love. Mm-hmm. And this quote, we don't get to define love. It defines <laughs> us. Mm-hmm. We are made in loves, and it was capitalized, mm-hmm. image. So we're yeah. made in God's image. God is love. Yeah. So that's our source. Yeah. Talk us through, because if we just see Instagram and it says God loves you. Yeah. It just bounces right off. It, it does bounce deep. right off. Deep. Well, because
1: love has been a, a misconstrued word. Like mm-hmm. the thing is, is like love could be mean manipulation to you. Love could right. be attached to an abusive relationship where someone's like, if you love me, mm-hmm. like used it as a threat. Mm-hmm. And and that's what breaks my heart because love can't be thrown around like that. Love, we don't get to define love, it defines us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I've learned because even once again, pastoring New York and you got all the hashtags like love is love, love wins, and I'm like, time out, time out. Did you ask love what do things about these things? Have you, Mm. have we asked love? So when I break that down, what I realized is when it says not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. I'm like, guess what love is? It's actually sacrifice. Mm. And so when we think about what true love is, it's someone sacrificing, laying down. Now how many people in our lives have, who have used love against us? They didn't sacrifice their lives for us. They weren't laying down their lives going, I love you. I'll do whatever it takes so that you know how much I love you. There's only one that really did that in the purest sense, and that's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when we realize that when we follow suit to love somebody else in marriage, in friendship, in relationship, in any way with our children— it's a laying down of our lives. And that sucks because like half the time we're like, but I need someone to fill me up. But there you go. You go to the source of love to be filled up so that you can lay down your life. It's mutual sacrifice. It's mutual. That's when true love comes in. Cause so it's like, no, what do you need? What do you need? Mm-hmm. No, what do you need? And I'm willing to love you enough to put your needs before my own. And so this is why even to encourage all the, all the mamas out there, all the, you know, single ladies, all the, anybody that's listening, going, you know, you are laying down your, your life, you are loving well, and it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I think that that's what I realized. And for me, some of my greatest healing has come from just breaking agreements with fear, breaking it. So I wake up in the morning, I feel anxiety. I feel fear. I feel worry. I feel concern. I feel, You know, you know, you wake up with that heavy weight on your chest and I just, I recognize it right away because I go, I'm partnering so easily with the things of this world. I partner so easily with fear and worry and concern quicker than I will allow love to infiltrate my whole body, my whole mind, my whole spirit and just wake up. So often I'll wake up and I'll sit up if I feel that panic and I'll be like, no, Fear, worry, concern, whatever it is, I see you and I bind you. I throw you to the feet of the cross and um, so that, Jesus, you can deal with that as you mm-hmm. see fit because you are a God of justice. But you know what? Love, God, because you are love, I partner with love right now. And I just ask that you would speak to me, God. And honestly, it's changed my life. And it's, it's a constant thing. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, I've had to let love define who I am, not what people say, not what my past is, not what I walk through, not what love has been manipulated in the past, but to look to love and go, who do you say that I am?
0: Yeah. Mm. And again, I see that over those holidays. Mm. Yeah. So many opportunities. Y'all have to have an intentional plan. Intentional. If oh you are going to be in yeah, constant, more than 24 hours mm. with extended family. Yes. To oh. me is when the conflicts start. And maybe it could be a couple hours if your family is yeah. in a special place. but. <laughs> You have to have this plan. Uh, you have you to really especially feel. if you've been with them and all stuff came up the day before and you wake up and you're feeling that fear and you're feeling it like to have yeah. this plan that you just laid out, I think for me one holiday I'm I am memorize the scripture and I like any time I started to feel hmm, I had to have God's like truth. Yeah. Right ready. I mean Yeah. So forefront so that yeah. I wasn't responding from yeah, a place, of, a place of anger,
1: fear, worry, like needing to, yeah. you know, have my side heard. You need to understand
0: mm-hmm. me. But it's, to lay that down, yeah. to sacrifice, and to even have that phrase, like love sacrifices.
1: Yeah, and I think for me too, like, so the holiday season, like... Just sidebar. If you need to have a sidebar, just be like, mm-hmm. can we talk for a minute? Mm. Like, I would love to have have some real conversations. Mm. Maybe that needs to be your intentional thing. As You don't have your passive-aggressive comments with your family the whole mm-hmm. time where everybody has a whole lot to say to each other, but they're not really saying it, but they're saying it. And everyone's, like, <laughs> bleeding, but nobody's talking. I'm like, maybe choose to have one intentional conversation that brings a little bit of love right into the middle and reconciliation. I don't know.
0: No, so, I think that's yeah. so good. I remember and my little brother and I last... Thanksgiving and just like, just constant, like missing each other, yeah. like saying well, and that's comments it too. and he was assuming I was saying something about his parenting and I, I was oh, assuming he was, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, the parenting. Don't oh, you touch oh, my man, parenting. Whole, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a thing. And you become a new mom and then your siblings oh, become parents too. And then you're. In each other's face, and there's different opinions. Y'all oh, are going to have that. that. I'm just having flashbacks. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a thing it's a, yeah, thing. it's a real thing. It's a real thing. So I did have a sidebar conversation. I yeah. was like, is, that, is something going on here? Like, I feel you're taking offense when I'm not intending offense. And then he was able to say, because he is a strong believer, which is awesome, that yeah, his, you know, what he was believing, a lie he was believing. And so we could call it yeah. out. Yeah. Not let the enemy cause that division. Yeah. Mm-hmm. amongst two believers yeah. And, yeah. and if you aren't in a believing family like but even that's cool you're, you're a true follower yeah right so you're then not what, it. so
1: then, what's great is what you can do is you can just love them they yeah. may not reciprocate mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. can have a sidebar and go hey, i don't really want to fight anymore if there's mm-hmm. anything that i've done to offend you i apologize mm-hmm. um but is there anything you wanted to say and if they're if they spout at you and they're mean and just you may not need to have a boundary up, but just be like, okay, cool, thanks for letting me know. I still and love their you. words over
0: you are not your identity. They are not freedom yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But if you're coming in having done the work, you will mm-hmm. have what exactly? We have a little more than a month before Christmas. Yes, you got this, guys. <laughs> we can and, do some work with God and get some identity built. Yep. Up. And yeah. God, who do you say I am? And then I am who you say I am. <laughs> <laughs> are yeah. you a singer? Um, you know, I'm professional. <laughs> I have an album that's gonna drop. It's gonna so drop a book and an album. I'm booking an album. That's it. You're, you you're, you're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. I did just have Sandy Patty on, so you're kinda of oh, like, oh Sandy. She opened for you. Yeah, she did. <laughs> no. you guys just no. blessing you all. Oh, well, Andy, thank you for being with us today. Okay, you have two books. Yep. More than two. Two. Uh, no, two. She, she is, is free and faker follower. Faker follower is the newest mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Refusing to settle for a shallow fake. That's my intense one. So if you're just ready for some intensity, go ahead and sit Bring down. Bring in down. the eight. <laughs> Bring in the eight. Challenger. Uh, and we have a studio audience. Oh, Yes, we do. what's up? Shout out. Say hi. Hello. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't often have a studio audience, so I think it's <laughs> fun when I do. <laughs> Um, and where do people find you online? Andyandrew.com. Yeah, just my name. And it's Andy with an I, Andrew with no S. <laughs> I told my husband that yeah. you were coming to. He's like, wait, what? Andy Andrew? You thought it was a guy? No, 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 no. No. Because Andy is short for Andrew. So oh, it's like a double name. He's like, wait, what? I don't I understand well, what you're so saying.
1: Let us tell the people that my full name is Andrea, and I married a man with the last name Andrew. How funny is that? So two... Like first names, so when I go through customs, when I go through security, when I show my ID, people laugh at me often, and they're mm. like, "Your parents?" I was like, "Look, I'm married. I took his married name. Okay, leave me alone."
0: <laughs> my sister went from Price to Priceler. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there these you go. Things, things happen. They do they, random they things happen. happen. But she, it was monograms really big way back then, when, and they're back again. But she got to keep all her sweaters because
1: oh, how nice. It's huge. huge. Um, yeah, yeah. And okay. all all my social is just my name. Andy well, Andrew.
0: Andy Andrew. Easy. 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 Amazing. <laughs> All right. And you and I are going to go try to download Parks and Rec.
1: We are, because I need to for your my flight. flight home. It's very important. <laughs> Parks and Rec.
0: I love me some no <laughs> Nope. Know. They know. These people know. They name. They, <laughs> they know. All right. Thank you. Have a good trip. All right. We'll do. One. All right. Bye. Bye. Isn't it cool how what Andy had to say goes along perfectly with KJ's interview last week? Just reminding us to go to God first. He's the one. He gets to decide who we are. He's the author of love. He's the source of love. I went to Pine Cove Family Camp with my husband's family, all his sisters and their kids and my in-laws this Thanksgiving weekend. And our speaker, uh, Matt Lance, he was talking to us about love and loving people that are difficult. And maybe that's you going into the holidays. You have to love people that are difficult. Matt reminded us that he may know he needs to love people, but he didn't feel like he was being characterized by a spirit of love. And so he took us back to John 13, where it's Jesus giving us the commandment to love, that it's not just like a suggestion. It's an actual commandment. We think of the Ten Commandments being a law to protect the people of Israel and to create a distinction and a direction. And we have that from love. It's a new commandment. Just as Jesus loved us, he is the definition of love. Just like Andy said, the sacrifice he gave, that's the love example we're given. He's the source. It's not my judgment or my feeling. It's not um, based on what I think love is created to be or how I've been shown love in the past. It's all based on who Jesus is. And Jesus laid his life down. He gave up his life as a sacrifice as a replacement for us. And so it's taking what I want and committing it. And regardless of the cost to me, it's to gladly sacrifice, just like Jesus did. And not just for easy people to love, but for sinners. And not just sinners, but sinners that God claims are more important than even me in my ways. And so I hope that we can do that as we do the Christmas season, as we consider how we love others that we run into in stores or the cashiers that may have had a hard day, that we can demonstrate Christ's amazing, sacrificial, abundant love in our interactions uh, so that people will know, that we will be distinctive, that they'll know where that love, which does not come natural, that, that it has to come from a bigger source. I hope that's an encouragement to you. And as always, there are show notes over. If you go to DontMomAlone.com, you'll see there it says podcast, really big. It says it at the top. says it on a button. You click podcast and you'll see the most recent episode. You keep scrolling down. Um, you'll see a search bar. You keep scrolling down. You'll see every single episode. You can click on those and find the show notes. Or you can just put your email into the box that says get the weekly show notes and Just make sure you tell your Gmail or your email account that you want to see my stuff by adding me to your contacts, info at Don't Mom Alone or Heather at Don't Mom Alone. All right. Thank you all for listening today. And I hope as you head into this Advent season, it is a beautiful time for remembering that love, the love of a God who would shrink to the form of a baby and still be God, and still have all the power of God in the form of a baby, and that He would give Himself up, leave heaven for us. May we, in similar ways, give up what we consider heaven (laughs) and comfort to love others well. All right. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to DontMomAlone.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, he said when he left, he was gonna leave a helper, a comforter to be with us, God in us. Moms, that is superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work,